Hello, it's Wednesday the 12th of April and this is Need to Know, your weekly investment podcast exclusive to Coots. I'm Sarah Muir and I'm joined as always by Coots CIO Alan Higgins. Alan, aside from whether or not you caught any fish on Friday, what do we need to know this week? Well, I have to cover the fishing one tiny grayling. Uh, and <laughs> okay. I took a break to listen to the employment report. Of course, good, I did. Good. The US employment report. So as you force me to look at three things, I think we should look at data in general. Today is CPI data, but I will cover that employment report while I was fishing. Yeah. One. Um, two, um, we haven't talked about Bitcoin for ages. And, and no. you better get that compliance warning in. Um, I will do. <laughs> make sure that compliance warning <laughs> is in there because it's been very strong. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, um, something we've been talking about in- internally, uh, and maybe we'll do a special on it, is you know the behavioural aspect of investing. And one particular study, yeah. uh, which is by a firm called Dalbar, which I'll refer to. Yeah, sounds good. I think especially what, what investors have had to go through the last couple of years, I think that's going to be an interesting topic. OK, well, let's kick off with US data. Now, you did promise on Good Friday that when you were sitting on the riverbank, you were going to check the jobs report. So let's deal with that quickly first. What were the sort of key takeaways from that? It was rather dull was the key takeaways. <laughs> I could get back to my fishing. I'm such a useless fisherman, though, but you know, I did, you know it, it didn't work. I, I, literally, as I said, one tiny fish. But it basically, um, data came in ba- bang in line with expectations. You may remember earlier this year, we had an absolute blowout employment report. Yeah. When people said recession, what recession? But it basically shows solid employment growth. Um, and but of course, there's always a piece of data we like to look at wages. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, related to today's CPI. Wages came in a little bit better, just a smidge better. Than now, expected. when you say better, do you mean lower than expected? Lower. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, from an economics perspective only, of course, uh, you know, for those earning the wages, that's a different matter. But of course, the big issue from an economics and financial market perspective is can inflation come down uh, and wages is a big component of that. And today mm-hmm. is CPI day. Yeah. So what what was what was the number? What was the headline? What was the core? What does it tell us about Fed policy? How, do, how are markets reacting? So many questions. Wow. It's like being on Bloomberg TV, <laughs> Sarah, with, you know, with a really tough interviewer. Right. OK. Just a big picture. Um, yep. Headline down to five. Still on the high side, but um, Sarah, can you remember what US inflation? It's all about the US, by the way. We're not talking about the UK because yeah. US drives markets. Can you remember what US inflation peaked at? No, I'm going to make an educated guess and say it was around about nine percent. Spot on, spot on. You, you, you know, you, you do pay attention. <laughs> it's actually slightly above, slightly above nine okay. percent. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, the point being, we've come a long way. Yeah. Nine down to five. So yeah. there is good news in there. And this but is the lowest figure in two years, isn't it? I think Correct. I, I yeah. read somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, before they started raising rates significantly, inflation was seven, incredibly. So right. um, you mentioned core. Mm. Core came in as expected. So the headline was, was better than expected. And core yeah. came in in line with expectations. It's about five and a half percent. I'm going to round to make yeah. the numbers easy. Five and a half percent year over year. So we're not done. But um, look, markets like this. Because yeah. as we've been saying all along, markets want this interest rate pain to come to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And are we now then, you know, I'm now hearing a lot of people talking about the fact that we will start seeing interest rate cuts this year. So, um, yeah, well, there's people and there's markets. Markets yeah. are predicting cuts. Yeah. Are starting to predict cuts. It's quite incredible yeah. in the States. To be fair, why are they doing that? Well, if you look at the last four rate cutting cycles, they tend to be quite big. 
mm-hmm. on average, rates were cut just over 4%. Yeah. So therefore, you can imagine if you're a trader, you start to think, mm, you start to get wary. Mm. If they start cutting rates, rates are going to be cut a lot. I yeah. might take a position at the longer end of the curve. For more traditional investing, that would be buying a two-year bond and taking the two-year income stream or maybe yeah. a, the 10-year income stream rather than the cash rate. Uh, yeah, so um, we shall see, but inflation's going in the right direction. Yeah, We've got a big tightening of, of, of credit conditions, as we know, with, with the crisis. I'm going to call it a crisis, the crisis that we've had. Okay, yeah. maybe a mini-crisis in terms of banks in the United States, the very important regional banks. So, yeah, rate cuts... Uh, I, I, I can see it as well. Okay. Can I press you for a prediction then for May's Fed meeting? Are we going to get another rate rise? Are we going to get a hold? Not then. So last time I said hold, got it wrong mm. as usual, but uh, Jay Powell, Chairman Jay Powell did say they did consider holding mm. rates. So I kind of got half a point. Uh, this time, yeah, I think, I think they're on hold. Um, okay. There's a fair bit of data to come because I yeah. think they should be because – I can really see the damage in the regional banks here. I think we mentioned, I said 5,000 banks. I think it's between 4,000 and 5,000 US banks, an awful lot. And the regional banks are very important and they are going to be very risk averse going forward as a result of this crisis. So, um, yeah, I I really can see the Fed pausing. Yeah. And then just last point on this market reaction obviously with the caveat that it's an initial reaction. I'm guessing, you know, markets liked the CPI report. Yeah, look, it's super micro. No one should be a day trader. Um, but yes, um, the market did like it. So good news. And, and, the, and the market's up a bit, both bonds and equities, actually. Okay. All right, then. Well, that's the data. Let's move on then to a topic we haven't talked about, as you said at the beginning, for a very long time. And that's cryptos, in particular, Bitcoin. And it's Doing rather well at the moment, isn't it? It is up 80% year to date. Um, what came to mind, an ex-colleague who's who's made the big jump, by the way, make sure we get the compliance warning whenever we talk about crypto stuff. Big compliance warning coming uh, from Sarah <laughs> at the end. Uh, stay, stay on hold for that. So uh, James Butterfiller, who is head of equity research at Kootzen, very good. Um, he's gone to the dark side, the crypto side. He's head of research at, uh, at Coin... Let's say Coinbase. Um, I'm a bit worried I've got the, that company wrong, but I, I think it's called Coinbase. Coinbase. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, he we should have him on to yeah. talk about the crypto space and grooming quite sceptically. But what mm-hmm. I would say, firstly, um, just like many firms and many places, we're a broad church at Coots. Yeah. We have groups of complete non-believers, uh, gr- groups of people who are complete believers of virtually everything digital, and mm-hmm. there, I sit there somewhere in the middle where I can see a role for Bitcoin only. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on record saying that as a digital store of value. I recognize that's highly speculative. However, it is really interesting to see that the correlation with tech is starting to break down because it used to be horrible okay. performing like yeah. tech. Now, look, are we going to put it in portfolios? No, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. One thing, look, uh, one thing we've learned about w- with issues with the banks, how safe is custody? Uh, when we're, we're nowhere near that yet yeah. in terms of safe custody. And it's still hugely speculative. But mm. as I said before, when you talk to people from Latin America, Lebanon in particular, I've got friends in Lebanon where the currency has been decimated. Bitcoin gives them a way, ironically, of getting into dollars as a store okay. of value. Now, 
um, it's a it's a digital belief system, mm. but then we have a physical belief system in gold, yeah, which we do thousands, admittedly thousands of years. So look, um, I should say again, Coots is a broad church. We have people who completely do not believe this at all. Mm. Um, but I'm quite open minded, but only with Bitcoin and. Um, I'm maybe going on a bit, but there's a great JP Morgan piece of research about how they use digital tokens and and, and generally uh, look at this space. And they saw limited use for it. So that's all the other coins, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and I, I found that very, very compelling. But maybe we'll talk about that with James another time. I yeah. think that's enough on Bitcoin. Just a okay. reference. It's been very, very strong. Well, that was going to be my I, question. And, Why has yeah. it been so strong? Do we know? Like everything, we talked about this before, theories, we can't, it's mm. really hard to prove. Gold has been somewhat strong as mm. well, if yeah. you like the physical belief system. Um, there is a few of the Bitcoin fanatics, I'm probably going to get hate mail after this. A few of the Bitcoin fanatics are pointing out that the US banking system is about to collapse, you know, after what we've yeah. seen, Silicon yeah. Valley Bank, and after what we've seen in Europe with Credit Suisse. So, that's a reason. Okay. Uh, I just wonder, I put look at it more simply because it's digital belief system, a way of getting into dollars, not unlike gold, mm. very speculative, but I can see reasons why a belief system can exist in the digital world. And the most likely one is going to be Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. All right then. Well, well, as I say, that's going to be a subject I think we're probably going to come back to possibly in a special episode of Need to Know, you know, market conditions prevailing as long as we haven't got lots of other things going on. Okay, the last one then, slightly different sort of theme, investor emotions and a report. You've you've been looking at a report so that we don't have to in one of our sort of regular spots. Tell us a little bit about this Dalbar report that you've been looking at. Yeah, so we know the behavioral aspect of investing affects us all. And I should say myself included. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for over 30 years, dare I say 35 years. And yet when markets down and get a, a lot, go down a lot, I feel sick in my stomach, just like many of the listeners on here. Uh, however, you know, I, I, I remind myself of what's happened before, but it's difficult. Yeah. So what this Dalba report looks at is that, well, how do individual investors, and it's, it is in the States, how do they how do they behave? And they've basically looked at the equivalent of the Hargraves land dynamic in the, in the states, an equivalent, and basically looked at how do individual investors do now? It's over the very long term, and the mm. numbers I'm going to round them uh, is this: over 20 years, equities eight, bonds five, but the average investor on this kind of platform earned three. Quite remarkable. Now there's a lot okay. going on here. Yeah. What's so going why? on? That's my why question. Free? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, why free? Well, um, our, our, our coverage, our, our people who look after clients directly will not be surprised. Cash, cash yeah. features, holding on to cash for too long. Mm. But it's the buying and selling decisions that seem to be bad right. as well. And in essence, people, and I should say myself included, but I fight myself against it because I'm a professional investor. People only feel comfortable investing when markets go up. Yeah. And therefore they time it badly. Yeah. And uh, I've even seen several investors who sell quite well. Mm. You know, they get, they see some euphoria or the, the other, and they sell quite well, but they never get back in or they get it back in far too late. 
So it's a very interesting study, and it's a bit of a call to action in terms of look at, be honest with yourself, look at your own investing, and are you too active? Are you buying and selling at the wrong time? Do you hold way too much cash? Look, everyone needs some cash. Of course they do. Yeah. God, mm. the compliance warning's going to have to be strong after this one, Sarah. <laughs> yes. Um, but we'll, we'll cover this a bit more in depth and cover mm. other aspects because we have a behavioral scientist team yeah. in, in, the, in the NatWest group, don't we, Sarah? We do. We do. In fact, we, have, we did a, an internal thing with him the other week. Very interesting as well. So I guess what it comes down to, the old adage, for those that don't know it or maybe have forgotten it, it does come down to that idea of time in the market rather than timing the market, doesn't it? Because if you're an individual investor, even if you're a professional investor like yourself, actually timing it is extremely difficult. It is. And um, we have to be humble about it. And look, we have a tactical team here at Coots who try to mitigate the downside. And right now, for example, as I said before, they're defensive. And I'm so pleased they're not outright bearish because right now what we're going through now just shows how difficult it is. And these are professional investors and we're backed by a lot of quantitative data, et cetera. That's how difficult it is. If you're an individual investor, it's even more difficult. And also it's easy to fall in love with the particular stock or fund yeah, um, and buy those at the wrong time. So it's quite a powerful piece of work. Um, and, and look, it is in a public domain. Anyone can Google Dalbar. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're a strange firm that kind of specialise in this kind of behavioural research. And you'll find the numbers out there. So it's not proprietary information. It's generally available on the internet. And I've, I've rounded the numbers to make sense of them. Yeah. But let's cover it in more depth in a, in a special. Maybe Definitely. in the dog days of the summer. <laughs> when, when everybody sells in May. We'll do it Actually, then. That's a, that's a good time to do it, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, Alan. So let's just run through before I get to the very important uh, disclaimer at the end. uh, The key sort of takeaways from today, we looked at US data. So we had a jobs report that was kind of in line with expectations, not very exciting, which is actually quite good at the moment. Um, The US CPI print that came out um, on today, that's Wednesday, we had a, a, the headline figure came much better than expected year on year at 5%. And the core inflation was about 5% year on year, which was about in line with expectations. We looked at Bitcoin, which is having a very good year and interesting to see it's becoming less correlated with tech. Why is that? Well, lots of questions, but it's it's demonstrating the fact that it's still a hugely speculative asset and it's not something that we hold in portfolios. And then last but not least, we looked at investor emotions. Alan talked about the Dalbar report, which, if, as I say, if you Google, you can go and find. And it's how investors' approach to investing, individual investors in particular, can have an impact on their returns. And as I say, repeating the old adage, time in the market rather than trying to time the market and trying to buy and sell at optimum times is incredibly difficult, even for a tactical team of a bank, let alone an individual investor. So a reminder that the views expressed in this podcast are not intended to constitute investment advice, are accurate at the time of recording and are subject to change. Thank you very much, Alan, for joining me today. Don't forget to check out the podcast page on coots.com to access previous episodes. That's all for this week. See you next week for more Need to Know. Bye for now. (music) 